the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Catching up with the great Kevin Goldstein, national writer over at Fangraphs. He was a former assistant GM with the Astros as well. He joins us via the Brownie and Crouppen celebrity line. He wrote an article earlier today on Fangraphs about the Cardinals resurgence in the last month or so. Kevin, we always appreciate the time, man. How you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you uh, doing very well? So let's talk about this, how the Cardinals have gotten back on track, because I remember talking to you after the trade deadline and we were all very skeptical of this team at that point. And I think for good reason, Just I mean, BK they, was Kevin. I was all on. board. They had a tough schedule ahead. <laughs> they added John Lester and Jay Happ, who had been terrible this year, that they weren't hitting as a team. It was it was a weird year. And now suddenly they're they've played like the best team in the sport for the last two weeks. I don't understand any of this. <laughs> <laughs> but from your perspective, Kevin, what what's changed for this team? Uh, you know, I think a few things have changed. And, and I think, you know, the, the easy stuff is, is stuff like Paul Goldschmidt turning into the, the, the MVP version of Paul Goldschmidt. You know, Adam Wainwright going from this, you know, wonderful, dependable, you know, middle of the rotation to back end starter into a, a kind of low key down ballot side young candidate. Uh, it's about Nolan Arenado hitting home runs. It's about Tyler O'Neill exploding. Uh, but I really do think that one of the key things that not enough people talk about, because we do, we focus on the stars and the bombs and, and stuff like that, is the lineup change. And that is the, the switching of uh, kind of the flip-flopping, if you will, uh, of Paul DeYoung and Edmundo Sosa. And Edmundo Sosa, Sosa moving into that starting shortstop job uh, improved their defense considerably and also improved their offense. And I think actually that's one of their biggest gains in the second half. Kevin, that's the part that I'm so intrigued by is Edmundo Sosa, mostly because for the rest of this season and what he does, but also beyond, because, of course, we've talked about the big names that will be on the free agent market after this season. From a front office perspective, how do you evaluate a player like this who you're seeing in a short sample size, but you're possibly putting it all on him in terms of the future? Yeah, it's a fun question. It's one that, that it's going to be really hard for him. I mean, the good news is, you know, if you're the Cardinals, just that you, you do have comfort. I mean, it's He's been a Cardinal his entire career. He's, he signed at Mudo Sosa in 2012 or so. And so, you know, you this guy's been around for, for nine years now, and, and you kind of know what you have. But he has changed considerably, really, in the past three years where he's gone from a guy who, you know, really had no power to a guy who hits balls hard. And, and so you have to figure out just how real that is and if it's time to 
you know, make a big splash in the free agent market at shortstop, or maybe you use those resources elsewhere and, and accentuate the rosters, you know, somewhere other than shortstop and trust that this is your guy. You know, it's not like he's 29 or 30, he's still only 25 years old. This is a, a guy probably, you know, a year or two away from his prime. And, and it's time to figure out just how much you believe in this. The good news is, like I said, he hits balls harder than he ever has in the past. And he also makes a lot of contact. And, uh, you, you know, I, it, with 56 strikeouts and 270 at best, that used to be a high rate. Now it's a low rate. This guy makes more contact than your average guy. And when you find players who can make above average contact and hit balls with an exit velocity that's also above average, that, that's a rare combo. It's something I think you need to appreciate. We're talking to Kevin Goldstein here on 101 ESPN. And, Kevin, the other thing that he does really well is he's a great defender at shore. And now the Cardinals have a plus defender at every position on the field. And I think that's gone a long way in being able to turn the seasons around for Jay Happ and John Lester. And I think it's a big part of what we've seen from Adam Wainwright in the second half as well. If you're looking at some of those underlying metrics, the expected ERAs and the FIPS and the batting average on balls in play, all that stuff, like it suggests that the Cardinals – pitchers are way outperforming what they should be and a lot of that is because of the defense that's behind them is there a lesson to be learned here from the cardinals not necessarily for the rest of the week league because it's really hard to have nine guys that are plus defenders but is this something they should learn for the offseason as to who they're trying to acquire pitching wise yeah you look defense is important and it, it, the thing is and we can talk about guys like like Wainwright and Lester and Happ, and you know, these are guys not known for coming in and missing a ton of bats. You know, these are guys known for, for being crafty and trying to generate bad contact because they don't have the weapons to miss bats. And if you're going to generate contact, you better have an elite defense behind you, and that's what the Cardinals have. And it, it, it is kind of remarkable, like you said. Uh, you know, it made sense to, to send you know Paul DeJong out there at shortstop when he was you know, not a bad shortstop, but a fringy shortstop. And, you know, when he was hitting and you know, being more than just kind of a, a power only guy. But now that you have, like you said, plus defenders all around, you know, including some gold glove level guys, obviously, and then Arenado, Tyler O'Neill's a great corner outfielder. Harrison Bader is outstanding in center. They have guys who can get the balls all over the field. And it makes all of those pitchers way better. And, you know, a pitcher like Wainwright or Lester or half guys who are definitely pitching the contact become much better on the St. Louis Cardinals than they would on a team with a substandard defense. Kevin, let's talk about Tyler O'Neill now that you brought him up, because for us here in St. Louis, I mean, this is what everyone was hoping he was going to become. But from the outside perspective, from a a uh, from an outsider's view, is this turning into an elite bat for the Cardinals, an elite player for the Cardinals in the future? I think he's certainly turning into at least a, you know an above average or star level bat. There's two things going on in the second half. One of them is is luck driven. You know, his batting average on balls in play is, is very very high and, and kind of at an unsustainable rate. But even if you kind of regress it to the mean and take it to where it would normally be, he's still an excellent player. But I think the real change we've seen with Tyler O'Neill in the second half of this year is the approach. And, and you know, like I wrote today, part of that is pitchers being a little scared of him and pitching around him a bit and, and, and trying to, to stay out of his turbo zone. But at the same time, Tyler O'Neill's clearly made an adjustment. This is a guy who, you know, used to swing at everything. You know, this guy walked. This guy drew two walks in the month of May, two, the yeah. whole month, you know, and, and since August 1st hit the calendar, he's drawn 20. And, and, you know, some of that is the respect he's getting for what he's doing with the bat, but some of that is a better approach. You know, he is making better swing decisions and he is getting himself into better counts, better counts equal better pitches. 
and better pitches that hit equals better performance. And so, you know, he's going to come down a little bit because of the, the, the way the balls in play are going for him. But at the same time, if he can make this approach more of a permanent thing, you are talking about a star level player. You know, he has incredible tools. The power is outstanding. He runs very well. We talked about the defense. This guy can do a lot of things to beat you. Kevin, the Cardinals have now won 10 straight. It's the first time they have done that since 2001, which is kind of crazy to to imagine, given how good the Cardinals have been over the last two decades, that they hadn't done that at any point. They are now, according to fan graphs, 90% to make the playoffs in some capacity, likely as the number two wildcard team. And these 10 wins have come against the Reds, the Mets, the Padres, and the Brewers, including last night when they beat uh, Woodruff straight up. Do you view them as a legit threat in the postseason now? Like, how should we view the Cardinals if and when they do get into the playoffs? Um, you know, I know they, you know we're talking about sports, and I know that that, uh, that hot takes rule the world. <laughs> but let's let's be honest with each other. Maybe like we don't like this, this is a, it's, it's a dice roll. The, the problem is, is you know, like you said, the most likely thing is that they're going to be the wild card team. Any team that's the wild card team has half the World Series chances of any team not doing the wild card because they have that extra round. Now, complicating that further is that round is one game, and you know no matter how it lines up, you know the, there's no way that for any playoff teams to face each other in one game and have one of them be anything more than say a 60-40 favorite. And so you know it's about getting hot, it's about getting breaks, you know it's. it's they could go really long in the playoffs, and they could be out in the first round. Anyone who tells you with any sort of assurance what's going to happen in a wild card game or even a five or seven game playoff series is is lying to you and lying to themselves. You know, these are such random things, and you know, I, you would need a thirty game series to really figure out who the best team is. And so, you know, when you talk about playoff teams, any playoff team can win a can win a series. Any you know, five seven game series, any of them, and so. They have what it takes, and obviously they're playing exceptionally well. The the the, the refound bullpen is, is a much stronger thing. They can hit, they defend. You know, I think you do need to be worried about you know the, their most likely wild card opponent right now is the Dodgers, and if they face the Dodgers, they're going to be facing Scherzer earlier, and, and all of a sudden that becomes a, a a bit of an overwhelming challenge, but. You know, it's one game, and even facing Scherzer earlier, they'd still have, you know, probably at least a 40% chance to win. And so, yeah, they could go really deep, and the whole thing could also last three hours. <laughs> Kevin, what I am interested in is, is big picture from a front office perspective, because we've heard John Mozeliak talk about and Michael Gersh talk about, you know, this is what we thought this team was going to be. And look, even if they make an incredible run and make the playoffs and get into the wild card, you still have to talk about the two or three months that they were really bad and barely looked like a playoff team. From a front office perspective, how do you evaluate this team big picture when you go into next offseason? I, I think I did. it's a really good thing. This is the team we thought they were. I think if you look at their total record, so you include the the hot streak and, and the first half, and you see them as a team that's a bit over 500, I think that's the team we thought they were, right? You know, I think when you thought about what we were getting into in April when the season started, the National League Central felt like a, a division that had three pretty good teams, the Brewers, the Cardinals, and the Reds, and whichever one got super hot was going to win the division. You know, and obviously the Brewers made some some shrewd deals and, and ended up kind of pulling ahead. But I think overall, record-wise, the Cardinals are right around where we thought they would be. And so, you know, I think the question is, is you know, for next year, 
is going to be a, you know, a question of the rotation and how are they going to form that rotation? And is it time to make a big free agent signing? You know, there's not some uh, up and comer who's going to save the rotation right now. Um, you know, obviously smart money is on Adam Wainwright being back. It's tough to bet on him being this good again at 41, but I hate to bet against him as well, but you know, having someone else to come in and, and be a guy who, you, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you look at the pitching matchups, you go, Oh, that's who's starting today. He's going to go seven and we're going to win. You need that. The guy who gives you that feeling. And I'm not sure that second guy right now is on the team. Kevin, final thing for you, and we'll get you out of here on this. If I came to you and you, you were the general manager for the Cardinals this offseason, and I'm the owner, I'm Bill DeWitt Jr., and I say, Kevin, I'm giving you, you, you have $30 million. You can spend it however you want. You can, you can spread that around on six different guys, or you can give $30 million per year for on a 10-year deal if you want to, however you want to spend it. And I know that's not quite how it works, but I'm telling you this. You have $30 million. What are you going to go do with that? I mean, the first thing I'm going to do is tell him he's made a huge mistake making me his general manager. <laughs> but right after that, uh, I'm, go- I'm going to bring Max Scherzer home. Uh, you know, I'm going to, to call Max Scherzer's agent, say, what would it take for a two-year deal? And I'm going to write that check. Do you think he's the guy that would make all the difference in the world for this rotation? He- he's the one that gives you that confidence at the front end? Over, over a big-time I- shortstop, Kevin? I think he's the perfect fit right now. I, I think absolutely. When you think about... You know, what takes this Cardinals team from good to great? It's going to be better starting pitching. There's no better free agent out there than Max Scherzer. Just what do you want? What do you want? Just let me know. I know you want to be here. I want you here. I got money. The owner says so. Let's get this done. What's the max number of years you would give Scherzer? Um, I, you know, I would think about, you know, I would start at two and then, you know, be willing to be flexible to maybe two with an option. Interesting. Hmm. Hey, Kevin, we always appreciate the time, man. People can find your work. They should read your piece from earlier today on how the Cardinals were able to turn this thing around. The keys to the Cardinals resurgence. It's over at Fangraphs.com. He's the former assistant GM with the Astros. All the best to you. We'll talk with you again soon, hopefully, as the Cardinals are making a run in the playoffs, my man. (laughs) Sounds good to me. Appreciate the time. Peloton's best offer of the season is here. Get up to $300 off accessories when you purchase a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Choose from a variety of accessories, like our cycling shoes, a heart rate monitor, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. This limited-time offer ends November 28th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer starts November 14th and ends November 28th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. The Wendy's $3 breakfast deal is here. Get a bacon or sausage egg and Swiss croissant plus a small seasoned potatoes. That's a better breakfast for just three bucks in three easy steps. One, wake up. Two, get out of bed. And three, head to Wendy's for your $3 breakfast deal. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's $3 breakfast deal. Limited time only. Participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Select or request $3 breakfast deal in order to obtain discount. Not valid for all card or combos orders. Price and participation may vary in Alaska and Hawaii.